perfect. But who are we kidding? Neither are you. And you want to know what? I dig it. Jeremy tried to seduce me. You did? I want my painting back. The painting was a gift, Todd. I'm taking it with me. Are you worried that recent events have derailed your retirement plans? It certainly made us reassess all aspects of ours. And that's why we're proud to offer our listeners a chance to work with David McClellan, a fiduciary financial advisor from Forum Financial. David's practice specializes in financial life coaching and retirement planning. And right now, he's offering free consultations for our listeners if you mention the podcast. As part of this consultation, David can help you understand your financial freedom number and what that means to you in assessing your future financial plans. If you want to build wealth, if you want to make optimal decisions within your financial life, David is someone you need to talk to. You can reach him at 312-933-8823. Once again, that's David McClellan at 312-933-8823. He's located in Austin, Texas, but he's got a nationwide clientele. Do yourself a favor and get some great financial advice for free and see if you might want to work with Mr. McClellan. I think you'll be happy with your phone call. What's up, folks? We uh, had a heartbreaking loss in Austin, but a weird heartbreak where you actually have optimism and promise. So uh, I don't know how to fully explain that. No one's come up with a good word for it. I'm sure the Germans have a word for this. They have a word for all complex emotions that are ambivalent. But I am thankfully joined by Justin Wells to help me sort through on this. And of course, if I've got Justin Wells on here, we're going to be talking Beast Texas and Beast Beast Texas Connections. And that means we're going to get the deep dive on Jeff Trailer. what makes him so special at UTSA. So here's the deal. We have broken down Bama. I've written my postmortems. We've we've dissected it 10 ways to Tuesday on Inside Texas. So what we're going to do is talk big picture. What can Texas take from this that they can project forward? Because at the end of the day, a loss is still a loss. That's in terms of your record. It's it's binary. You won or you lost. But football's a little deeper than that. And and it's I'm not saying it's a moral victory or any of that nonsense, but you could find out something about yourself in a football game, whether you won or lost. And I think Texas found out some things. So before we talk Jeff Trailer, before we talk Texas football and Bama, what we learned, Justin, you look like a man in the middle of a move. That is, I'm at the end of a move, which is probably a little exhausting, but relieving. And so I'm sure that segues to something that's very important. Yeah, that's exactly right. If you are looking to make a move of your own, Justin with the setup, what a freaking pro over there. If you're looking to make a move of your own, you got to get the right realtor and you got to get the right broker. You got to get the right mortgage guy. Let me talk about the mortgage guy first. Gabe Winslow is phenomenal. He's been supporting Texas sports and everything about Texas. Justin, we got, we're doing NIL with Gabe. We got, he's sponsoring podcasts. He's sponsoring Inside Texas. He's sponsoring other Longhorn boards. This guy's all over the place. He's a super Longhorn. He's a super guy. And more importantly, he's super good at what he does. You can reach out to him at 832-557-1095 or go to mortgagesbygabe.com. Easiest thing you can do, just drop him a text. Tell him what you're trying to do in Texas, and he'll help you out. He's really sharp. He's a good guy. And that counts for a lot in that industry. And then finally, if you know you got to move or you got to put your house on the market, there's only one call to make, and that's the best damn realtor that I know. Central Texas, her name is Laura Baker. She's a part of the Andy Allen team of Keller Williams. She's a lead at what she does. Justin, just like one stars, two stars, three stars, four stars, and five stars, there is a difference, a market difference in realtors out there. There's a lot of folks who got a realtor's license. There's very few people who should be calling themselves actual realtors. And the way you know is based on their volume, their production. If you're a top 5% realtor, you're doing 40, 50, 60 deals a year. If you're not, you're doing two. Who do you want to entrust one of the biggest financial decisions of your life with? The person who's constantly getting reps and perfecting their art or the person who dabbles on the side? I want the the one like Laura Baker. You want want the one like Laura Baker. That's the right answer, damn it. Call her, 512-784-0505. That's 512-784-0505. 
Thanks to both of them for being great sponsors and supporters of this podcast. And frankly, our listeners, because they've done them right and treated them right. Justin, you're going to do us right here. Let's talk Bama. What did we learn big picture? Let's start with the offense. I think we learned this offense. You know, we've, we were bullish on the offense pretty much the entire offseason, especially when you add Quinn Ewers, when you have returning guys and like an Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington. You have a guy that's, you know, destined to break out and Jatavian Sanders. And, of course, the best running back in the country, B. John Robinson. And then not to, you know, not to mention the offensive line, the improvement there, the, the additions they've made there, and, and, and how quickly those freshmen have acclimated to the college game. It's, it's rather quick especially at this level. And so I, I think what we learned was, yes, this offense can be explosive, even against one of the top defenses in the country. Yes, Steve Sarkeesian is a play-calling son of a gun, and he can script plays. He can script series. He, he, he puts those guys in the best possible position to succeed. The offense at, is exactly kind of what we thought it was going to be. On the defensive side – Well, hold on. To, okay. Let's, let's talk about that offense. Uh, great setup. So we come out in the first quarter, Quinn Ewers did not look like the guy against Louisiana Monroe, a little hesitant, a little off. He was dealing. He's flicking the ball out. It's exactly the Quinn Ewers that we saw in high school. It's exactly the Quinn Ewers that the coaches have seen. And he kind of has this affect. He didn't have big saucers for eyes. He looked bored it looked like a Tuesday, August evening, and he's throwing the ball around with some trainers before practice. That was his affect. That was his demeanor in front of 105,000 people against arguably the best defense in college football. Quinn Ewers, you know, it's one of those, we've talked about it before. It was, it's kind of a full circle kind of deal for us at Inside Texas because we've known him for so long. We've covered the recruitment for so long. There's been so many storylines you know attached to Quinn Ewers from leaving high school early getting that NIL money early quitting high school going to Ohio State transferring back earned trying to earn the job in the spring winning the job in, in late fall camp you know it's one of those things where there's so much build up the expectation often can't match that it's almost like it's too much for an 18 19 20 year old quarterback at that Quinn Ewers looked like the, the guy that wasn't ready necessarily against ULM, at least the first few drives. Once he settled in, once Sark kind of let Bijan do his thing and get him settled in, Quinn looked better and better each series. I'll admit I did not expect Quinn Ewers to look this confident going into Alabama. I really didn't. But you're right. He has an effortless nature about him where it's almost like, yeah, he, he doesn't take himself too serious. He makes big throws like he expects to make big throws. And he just goes about his business. And so, you know, aside from the injury, aside from the pile drive, aside from the fact that Dallas Turner tried to separate him, um, Quinn Ewers is going to be the guy. This is going to be the guy that, that helps Texas get back into that conference championship talk. He's going to be the guy that's going to help Sark not only build out the offense this season and next, but show other recruits and other programs, this is what Texas offense is going to look like in the near future. This is what you should expect. I did not think Quinn was going to be that adapting that fast, but, but could you have put a better script? Could you have presented him a better foe in, in Alabama, the number one team in the country with, with two of the best edge players in the country with a dozen guys that are going to be playing in the league in the next year or two? It, it was it was crazy how well he looked. And I think the defense was definitely focused more on Bijan. You know, the 2.7 yards per carry was something. But at the same time, Bijan was still effective, especially in, in, in a couple drives where he had third down runs. He, he, he converted, moved the chains, also caught a couple balls, did the same thing. But Quinn, what we saw in Quinn was, yes, Texas has a quarterback. There's no there's no there's no dispute who it should be. Once he gets back healthy, that job will be his again. And with Steve Sarkeesian and the, and the weapons they put around him and the growing offensive line, I don't want to give those – I want to give those guys enough love. Kelvin Banks has been damn near flawless, Paul. Cole Hudson is solid. I mean, above solid. Really good. And I love Christian Jones rising to the occasion. 
because Cam Williams was breathing down his neck in this offseason, as late as the last week in fall camp. Christian Jones took that initiative with that move to right tackle, and he's looked tremendous. And so I think what we saw from Quinn is a precursor to what we're going to see over the next few years. This Texas offense is legit. They've got really good playmakers. They return a lot of these guys. And I think they found their guy for the immediate future. Great points. And, and here's the tease. We got to wait on Quinn Ewers. We got to see the upside of this offense. We got to see what it can look like. And in that first quarter, I watched and I said, okay, Texas is playing for the Big 12 title. Awesome. Now let's beat Bama. And then that was all taken away. And so it's kind of like, it's 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 got to be like what it's like to be a trust fund kid where you know you're going to inherit a bunch of money when you're 25 years old, but you got to get from age 21 to 25 and they say, we're not going to help you. And that's what Texas has to do over the next four weeks is get from 21 to 25. Uh, you know, obviously Quinn Ewers is the upside for this offense. Bijan Robinson, Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, that's all baked in the cake. I We already knew that. We already knew what they are. But they can become so much more if you have the right quarterback to unlock them. Well, Quinn goes out. Hudson Card comes in. It looks rough early, and Sark's protecting them early, right? Rightfully, correctly, in the, the beginning of that, uh, in that second, in that first half. But then Hudson comes out, gets hurt himself, guts through, and I think wins some confidence not that, oh, now there's a quarterback controversy. That's not that's not right. the debate. He won some confidence from his fellow teammates and from the Longhorn staff and from Longhorn fans that, hey, a, a healthy card or a healthy year card is a guy we can go win some games with. Absolutely. So, yeah. so now the question is, do we get Hudson card? Because uh, he got his own injury that's that's pretty substantial. I don't think he's going to be running much quarterback draw if he's playing over the next two or three weeks. But can he stand back there and throw the ball around? Or are you better off going with Charles Wright, preserving Hudson card for Tech, right? It's a conference game. Anyone who's arguing that UTSA is as important as Tech is like lost the plot, right? Yes. Texas can get upset by UTSA and still have all their dreams and ambitions in front of them. It wouldn't have the same taste, though. I'm not saying it's a good you thing. You not that Bama karma fast. I, I'm not especially considering who the coach is at UTSA, where he's from, and kind of yeah, the, yeah, yeah. his storyline. But I'm with you. I, yeah. I, I think the bigger picture is, it, you know, the, the, I, the comparison with Quinn in that first quarter, it's like Santa Claus coming down the chimney. You see the boots. So you know it's coming. Here come the gifts. I can, I can, I got the cookies and milk ready. And then he jumps back up the chimney and takes off. It's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. We were there. It was right there. What happened? Santa's gone. You know, I want to say this. We don't know how long Quinn's going to be out, but I do know this. He has played injured multiple times. And that sort of injury is a, a lot of it is a pain tolerance factor. Yeah. So I seen the kid with a sports hernia in the state championship against Westlake. And then in the second, third drive breaks three ribs, which really affected him the, the, after that second drive. Most people don't know that. But at the same time, you know what we saw? We saw, like you said, people believing in Quinn and Hudson Card. I think Hudson Card needed that kind of an outcome because this is a tough kid that has gotten such a bad rap as a Texas quarterback and a very limited sample. And it, 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 it was some of it's fair and most of it's unfair, but I think we saw from card what, what you needed to see as the backup. Yeah. This is a guy that can come in and, and do a lot of things effectively. Will he be the guy on Saturday? That remains to be seen as well. Charles Wright still taking the reps, the first team reps with the offense card is out there. He's doing some things at a ginger pace, kind of, kind of just going through the motions for the most part. And I think Milwee and coach Sark and those guys will reevaluate that. And I think they're looking like Thursday evening, Friday after practice to see if they have to have Charles Wright completely prepared or if Hudson Card's going to be able to, to do it. And then you have to consider the opponent. It's UTSA. Not that, you know, not, not knocking them down by any, by any means, but Hudson Card and a pretty healthy, you know, self should be able to beat this team. They should be able to overcome this group of roadrunners. And so I think you saw a lot of things with Quinn getting teased, no Santa, Hudson Card kind of finding some of himself. 
the locker room respecting that. Coach Sark thinking, you know what? Card is kind of that guy. Because if you'll remember, he was big on Hudson Card last year. He named him during the fall camp. He knew that this was a guy that he could count on. And so maybe he's seeing some of that development come along, just like we're seeing it on the other side of the football and the defense. Maybe maybe that's what Sark's seeing in that regard. And so that's the offensive, that's the quarterback in a nutshell right now. And so we're either going to see Charles Wright live out his childhood dream of playing starting quarterback for the University of Texas, or we're going to see Hudson Card, probably not 100%, but good enough to manage the team, manage the game, manage the offense. We know Sark can dial up the right amount of plays at the right times to, to put them those guys in the right position. It's going to be really interesting. The only way to make sure we know is to check in at InsideTexas.com every day, about every 15 minutes. <laughs> that way you'll be up to date for Saturday. And get two memberships in case one of your memberships crashes or you have some technical issues. Always. Right. It's a dollar for a month right now. One month of Inside Texas is a dollar. Get one for yourself. Get a backup just in case. You've got family members. Don't be selfish. You've got, you know, neighbors that are big fans. And then you've got that Aggie cousin who, why don't you just send him one so he can read something positive after, you know, the hell from Appalachia. How about he, he gets a chance to read what real football analysis looks like, right? Amen. The postmortems, hey, baby. Three cents and 3.33 cents a day is a dollar a month. I think it's, it's stealing from us, Paul. Yeah. It's stealing. Now and we're it's perfectly it's fine with it. Now, Justin, if it was a nickel a day, that's a bridge too far. But three, three thirty-three, that I, they can handle that. I want to see how you break those pennies down. <laughs> uh, I, some kind of Bitcoin, some kind there of cryptocurrency. Oh, God, um, that was the plot to one of the Superman movies. Do you remember that with Richard Pryor? He wrote a, a, a computer program that he would steal fractional pennies from every bank in the world, every transaction. And then Mike Judge stole it in office space. Yes. Taking fractional pennies. That's exactly right. And, right. and quickly became uh, millionaires. Uh, you know, that's actually something. Let's talk about that offline, Justin. Yeah, I think we need to. <laughs> yeah. All right. Before we do that, let's talk about the defense. You had a good segue to that, which is, sure. hey, as, as, as nice and unexpected surprise as Quinn Ewers was, the Texas Longhorn defense was a bigger surprise. Amen. They played together. They played hard. They had a great game plan. And this defensive line that I've been telling people for two years now that these guys are actually talented, uh, but they're not being used correctly and there's some other issues. And they, and they also, in their own right, need to come to play. Uh, I was telling people these guys are actually good. And people are like rolling their eyes. No, they're not. How come teams can run the ball? Well, you got to see it. And we got to see what those guys look like. Byron Murphy, Moro Jomo, Keandre Coburn, Tavondre Sweat, Vernon Broughton. Hey, man, Vernon Broughton, he is – he's swing for the fences, right? He's either going to get a tackle for a loss or he's going to get blown off the ball about 12 yards because he's trying to swim move guys like right out of his stance. Uh, but he provides a little, uh, little change-up pitch. And then you've got Baron Sorrell continuing to play good ball. Ovia Gofu. Still has some challenges, but he's much improved. But mostly this team just looks coherent, man. They're playing together. And, and one big difference that I'm seeing, and I think you you um, have a line on a little bit maybe, and just in terms of knowing some East Texas dudes, the safeties, this is not Michael Huff or Earl Thomas back there, Justin, physically, athletically. But it goes to show if you get two safeties who know what the hell they're doing, they're invested and they're willing to come up and support against the run, hell or high water, and they're willing to play the pass and play their techniques, Anthony Cook and Jaron Thompson can play winning football for the University of Texas, and they showed that for four quarters against Bama. I would mentioned it uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, but you know, it's one of those things where my first thought was on the defense, you know, maybe this is an example of don't judge a defensive coordinator after one season. Maybe give him some of his guys. Maybe let them learn the system in, in more than one season. Maybe add some pieces to, to, to the puzzle that, 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 that we're missing. And maybe, just maybe, some continuity happens on defense. And these guys start to learn and, and learn about each other and know about each other. You know, talking to some guys, you know, some got sources close to the program that, that really know these guys. You know, Jaron Thompson is the quarterback back there. And we saw that 
full effect on Saturday, not only making plays, but also putting people in the right position, being vocal. He's doing everything he did at Lufkin High School because people don't know. Lufkin High School is a big 5A school. And Jaron Thompson was the team captain as a true freshman at Lufkin, which is unheard of in that program. Is that real? That's crazy. I've never heard of that in my life. You attach that to a 4.0 GPA and you understand why Jaron Thompson may run a 4.7, 4.8, but on the field, he's a 4.3, 4.4 because he knows where to step. He knows what direction. He knows what to anticipate. He is so smart. We're seeing that start to come to fruition now. Anthony Cook looks like a tackling machine. This is a guy that, that I know is playing for good film so he can look. So he's got a shot in the league on Sundays. But it really... I, I'll go to your D-line part. We saw some freshness from these guys because there was a good rotation. Yep. Matt Zenith uh, at our uh, our network at On3 put a, a good story out yesterday talking about the senior bowl execs and some NFL execs are starting to look at Keandre Coburn and Tavondre Sweat and, and, and Moro Ajomo. And that proves your point. These are good football players that just needed to be put in the right position. They needed some continuity. They needed some buy-in from some of the – getting rid of some of the malcontents. These guys really like each other. And I've said that before, but team chemistry is – it's so big. I believe Admiral McRaven had talked about, do you want the most talented? Do you want the most chemistry? You want chemistry because that's where real things happen. And I think we're seeing it in that. And I've said this before during the summer, and I'm going to continue to. There are eight or nine guys on this defense that have something to prove this season, not for the future, for now. There's eight or nine guys with major chips on their shoulder with things to prove that want to play professionally on Sundays, that want to, to bring their game to the highest level, and that want to bring this program to a conference championship. We saw that big step on, on Saturday. That was a big step. We saw them look great against ULM, but they were supposed to look that good, Paul. They were supposed to dominate in that fashion. So it, as much as we, you know, talked about them it, it was we were still kind of reserved because we knew the Heisman Trophy winner was coming to town the next weekend and that was going to be a completely different you know circumstance that was the I believe Alabama had the number one offense in the nation last year and so that was going to be a bigger test I, I don't think you could pass a test anymore this group literally put points on the board that were taken off for whatever reason this group brought it every snap and you know people can say well it was Alabama they played up to their competition the crowd was incredible it kind of pushed them I'm telling you it's these guys these particular guys it's PK system in its second year and don't think there's not a tinge of Gary Patterson seeping in to some of these calls and some of these schemes and some of this stuff because you can see it you know, if you talk to other colleges that are very that are familiar with Coach Patterson at TCU, that's the first thing they text me the last few days. Yeah, I see more of this. And so you put all that together, and right now it's early. I was asked on 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 uh, the horn this morning. You know, is, is this team? It, 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 you know, is the defense? Is this? Are they back or are they legit? Well, I I refuse to say somebody's back. I think that narrative's dumb they're definitely legit. And I think if they can combine that against UTSA, take that momentum into conference play when they head to Lubbock, because that's a new team with a new system, new offensive coordinator, new all things. That's where we're going to see how legit they are. But I don't know if you could have passed a bigger test than they did on Saturday against Bama. I agree. Uh, I know people are having big spirited debates on the boards and everywhere else about what, what part of this is credited to Gary Patterson. What part of this is credited to Pete Gary Patterson had a classic Gary Patterson tweet, which was along the lines of saying, Hey, look at me. Everyone's reaching out saying great performance, but it's a team effort. It's credit goes to the staff. That's the most Gary Patterson tweet possible, right? Hey, Hey, yeah. look at me, look at me. Oh, it was everyone else. Well, hey, listen, that's the that's the net. He's currently writing his next song. That might be the title. It wasn't me, but look at me. Yeah, I love it. That's exactly right. That's like a good uh, good country song hook. Uh, <laughs> hey, bottom line, what we did in our secondary, I'll just say a lot of that has to do with some some Gary Patterson concepts. 
And a lot of what we did up front is stuff that Pete Kwiatkowski has done at Washington. Absolutely. One thing that I say might be a compromise between the two, or maybe it's Bo Davis. Uh, the Texas defensive line is getting up the field. Okay. Not on every play. They're not going to hell in high water every play, but they are taking gaps and they are pushing for, to try to penetrate. The fact that Vernon Broughton is getting a bunch of snaps tells you that that's the approach they're going for. Uh, Byron Murphy, Keandre Coburn, uh, Tavondre Sweat, Moro Jomo, they're being encouraged to get up the field. And then what they're telling the linebackers is, hey, they're going to disrupt the initial push of that running game. Your job is to clean it up. We're right. not going to keep you perfectly clean. But if we disrupt enough up front, you're going to be clean because they're going to have to double and they're going to have to devote extra men. That's how you draw a double team, in my opinion. And that's what I've been writing about for two years, which is if you want to draw a double team, be disruptive. Don't just stand there, stand up and go, I'm trying to draw, I'm trying to occupy blockers. Yeah. They don't have to, they don't have to occupy you. Just because you're occupying a double team doesn't mean you have to submit to the double team. You can split Get a double down. team. Make them regret it. You can split a double team. Uh, one classic thing that happens with offensive linemen is Puna if you can forward. That's what he did. Puna Ford split double teams on the reg. And it's why he still plays in the NFL at all five foot ten and a half inches. So uh, it's a little little message to the uh, aspiring D linemen out there. You don't have to consent to be double teamed. You can get small, attack that little gap, turn sideways and split it. And your coach will have uh, – he'll – go freaking nuts in the film session on Saturday when you were we'll give him a disruptive chain. That's right. You disruptive get a disruptive chain. chain. You get uh playmaker glasses, whatever bullshit they're two doing. Juice boxes. Juice, they're two juice guys. Boxes. They're big guys, Paul. Two, two juice boxes, boxes, some raisins and a fruit roll up. <laughs> That's what we had at the flag football game for my son the other day. All right. Awesome. So, uh, by the way, I put in a play that scored for our flag football team, just so you know. Say that again. I, I I I was not coaching, but I got the coach's attention and put in a play for him that scored the winning touchdown. It's got to make this. I'm not surprised, but then again, that's Paul. That's right, right. man. You don't want to get involved, but then, well, here, let me show you a better way. That, that's the, Paul. The ultimate second guesser, backseat driver. Exactly. You're selfless, man. You're selfless. Look at me, but don't look at me. <laughs> the song is writing itself <laughs> all right we're gonna look forward because i don't know if you've ever heard this justin but the the uh windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror that's what sark says well i don't know if sark said that he might have heard that from me but that's cool if he wants to use it all right let's talk about utsa you don't really have any connections to a team in south san antonio so i guess we'll just let's just rely on my analysis i guess you know, it, it could go both ways. I, I I do know a handful of those guys, and uh, they are really, really good guys, first and foremost. What they've done in San Antonio in two years, come on, incredible, Paul. I mean, yep. absolutely incredible. Um, I, and, and it's good because, you know, Jeff Trailer sp spoke with the media on Monday, and, and, and uh, I posted a story on Inside Texas right after he, he had spoke. He said, you know, he said a lot of, you know, Jeff knows exactly what he's doing. He knows what to say. He built that Texas team up. He thought after watching the tape, the wrong team won on Saturday. Yeah. So he knew exactly. He said the crowd probably had something to do with it. Jeff knows what he's doing. He's playing to his, to his audience, and he's brilliant at that. And so the bunch at UTSA is a group that if you come in with a game plan and you're physical and you execute with more talent, you should win in theory you should win. If something along those lines doesn't line up, if something goes wrong and you get outplayed, you're in a game in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Because what UTSA is missing, like last year's team was good, but it was because they there was so much chemistry there. And Sincere McCormick was just an incredible running back. And they, they were able to do a lot of different schemes on defense to confuse offenses because they didn't have a lot of talent on that side. But on the offensive side, they had some dudes. Spencer Buford is going to wind up being an, an all-pro for the San Francisco 49ers right now as a rookie offensive lineman. They had some guys there. Frank Harris is an, is an explosive guy, but they, they, they really miss McCormick. So they're going to have to get creative. 
they're going to have to do some some different things. And it's going to be interesting, you know, how how what their game plan is. But I love listening to Jeff Trailer talk about Texas. I loved hearing Sark. I watched Rewind with Sark last night and, and just how he talked about Jeff Trailer. And he made a really good point that I was going to make. I think Sark probably took it from me. But anyways, the point is, no matter how talented a Jeff Trailer team is, they're going to play harder than you do. Yeah. Because Jeff Trailer wants to beat you more than you want to beat him nine times out of 10. And that's why those kids run through a wall. That's why he's getting so much production and so much buy-in so quick and so early. He has rejuvenated that school, that city for, for you know, it, it's been tremendous. And I love the fact they're playing Texas. I love the fact Texas put them on their schedule. Now Texas has faced, I believe all 11 FBS schools in the state of Texas. Now they've knocked out everyone on the checklist and UTSA, Listen, they're coming with a mindset. They may not match up talent-wise, and I think Texas position by position probably dominates in a lot of those facets, but they're going to play hard, Paul. They're going to play hard. You go up 21 to nothing on UTSA, they don't stop playing hard. They don't stop trying to create on defense. They don't stop trying to, you know, with some misdirection, some over-pursuit on offense. They don't do that. And so this will be a good test for the offense and defense because you're coming off that high of Alabama being so close to, to beating the number one team playing at such a high level and such a big crowd. They're going to have to, to bottle that up somehow and get focused on the, on this week and know that don't overlook a UTSA team so you can get ready for big 12 play. So you can prepare for tech and Lubbock because right now, I don't know if there's a big difference between these two teams, between UTSA and Texas tech. If you look at both of them's, uh, they both played Houston this year and both played them really well. Overtime. UTSA is on that level. And so you bet, even if you get up on a lead, you better keep going at them because a Jeff trailer coach team will not stop throwing hands until that whistle blows. Great point. Uh, I'm watched. I watched UTSA's defense when I wrote my preview before the season and they were really interesting. You nailed the, the description of those guys. What struck me was how hard they played. And then basically trailer made decisions and you can tell the UTSA made staff made decisions that, Hey, we're going to give up some big passes over the top. We're going to give up some big plays in exchange for absolutely destroying one aspect of the opponent's offensive game plan. You will not run the ball on us. Okay. And you're not going to be able to throw out a little third and four flip pass for six yards that we're going. To, so if you're going to convert third and four, hit your 60 yard throw. And if it's you vertical. can, we're going to tip our cap to you. We don't think you're good enough to do that for four quarters. And against most of their opponents, that is the correct, correct uh, uh, calculation. And so what was interesting, Justin, is they actually came out with a different defense against U of H. They played three deep yeah. and they held down the U of H passing game. They actually held down their running game too. UTSA's defense played really well against Houston. Uh, they outcoached Houston. So newsflash, if you, if you go back and watch that game this year in the opener, they outcoached and somewhat outplayed Houston and they just kind of lost to some bad breaks, but um, they changed their defensive plan. And then, they go the next week, they travel up to West Point and Army, and people are freaking out because they see Army through for over 300 yards. Well, UTSA ran a nine-man box, and Army's hitting fly routes to wingbacks. Okay, that's yeah. not our offense, and that, that's not really transferable. So in terms of game plan, I'm actually not sure what they're going to do on defense. My guess is they think that we're hurting a quarterback, and they're going to stop the run. Uh, they're going to bring it. And to Justin's point... It's one thing to come out in the eight-man front and we stop the run a couple of downs, but over time, you get hit by a couple of plays, you get run on, you know, you someone breaks a run on you because you you got a stacked front, and you kind of give up. UTSA is relentless. It's, it's, if you've ever boxed, it's a guy who's a pressure fighter, wow, and at first they good. keep advancing, and you can hit them, and you can hit them, and you're like, this is fun, this is easy, but they keep advancing and they don't stop and you start to kind of panic because what you're doing doesn't matter. 
and they keep absorbing shots to give you a shot. And then you realize like, this isn't going to stop. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> and if you don't have the skill to continue to evade the pressure fighter and make them pay as most teams can on offense, then eventually they're going to land a big shot. And that's kind of UTSA now on offense. I don't know if how much you've watched of them, boy, they've taken a big step back in their surrounding personnel. Frank Harris is a freaking stud. If he was in the big 12, he'd be in the top tier of big 12 quarterbacks. No question. Uh, their receivers are good. I'm not going to They're talented. Zahiri Franklin, Zahari Franklin, I think is a guy that could be a real big guy. Kennedy Lewis is a guy that could be a dude down the road. Down the road, but they they just pretty much play those three dudes. And yeah. so far this year, no depth. They, they have caught 86% of their passing yardage. So if you want to stop the UTSA offense, you stop those three receivers, you stop Frank Harris. Uh, Justin, maybe I'm delusional here, and this is me being the backseat driver, right? Our defensive game plan writes itself. We've got a natural pass rush with an, an advantage against their offensive line, which is completely de depleted, not just by graduation, but their offensive tackles. They've had some bad know. luck. Yeah. They're, they're, they're starting dudes out there who are not good football players. Okay. I'm not going to soft pedal it. We've got a defensive line who can bring it. They've got depth. They can come in waves. We've got DeMarvian Overshown, who is a natural spy. He is best when you give him a task. One, and one thing, one. just do that one thing. DeMarvian, I want you to watch Frank Harris. And here's what I want you to do, buddy. You don't commit yourself to the rush or commit yourself to trying to make a play until he declares where he's going, what's, what he's doing. Exactly. Then you've got a secondary where with Ryan Watts and, and hopefully Deshaun Jamison comes back, if not Jameer Johnson, I feel like that they can play tight coverage, man under with Jade Barron. And then you got two safeties over the top, man under, too deep. You neutralize the passing game. You stop the running game with honest numbers. You let the natural pass rush wear them down. You've got a natural spy to stop the greatness of Frank Harris making improvisation. Right. Am I crazy or do we just have a, a the perfect personnel and game plan to, to stop UTSA? You, you're, you, you nailed it for this team. Last year it'd have been a little bit different, but this style this year, absolutely. I love your your point on Overshone. He's got a spy, and I believe he did some of that with Bryce Young. I know they did some different things when they played Alabama, but yeah, because I've watched UTS, I've watched both their games, and you know I, I got to talk to Coach Trailer a couple months ago uh, during a deal here in, in, in East Texas of book signing, and I'd asked him about the schedule. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried after the Army game, how healthy I'm going to be going into the Texas game. He said, because Army is the type of team that really wears you out. Yep. They're the type of team that really just kind of like beats you down, especially in the run game. I don't think anyone was expecting an aerial assault from, 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 from West Point, but that's what happened. And like you said, they gave them that because they weren't going to let them run the ball. And, and, and I, I told him, I said, well, you're going to be in a similar – Texas is going to be in a similar circumstance because no matter how they play against Alabama, they're going to come out bumped and bruised. And that's the next game is UTSA. So the, I call this the sore game because both of these teams are coming off a very physical battle. And it's going to be the bigger, faster, stronger people that I think win. And this system, like you said, it fits against what they're trying to do. It is a great counter to what they're trying to do. My main worry with UTSA's offense is Frank Harris on third and six because he knows he'll go through a read. He might get to the second read, and then he knows he's got to get to the sideline to get to the to, to that marker. He knows that. He's that smart. And so UTSA will play within themselves. They are not going to shoot themselves. They're not going to do things that get themselves in trouble. They are a smart bunch. They know what they're good at, and they know what they're not good at. Like you said about the offensive tackles for their offense, you know, they had a they were rotating at left tackle in the spring. They thought they had a transfer, a grad transfer from the portal coming in. That was supposed to be a done deal. Got snaked on NIL. Someone else got him. They had another receiver coming in from the transfer portal that would have been playing this week. Calvante Dixon. A lot of you guys remember him as Moochie number 16 from the Longhorns the last few years. NIL got involved. They got outbid on that one, too. And so now you're seeing a team that's basically going to have to play within themselves. They've got some talent at receiver, but there's no depth. They've got some talent on the offensive line and the interior offensive line. There's no depth. They don't have the running game that they had before. And then, like you said, 
this defense just matches up against it well. And if they continue to, you know, I, I think they're legit. When you, If you continue to do what you did in week one and week two, if that carries over and there's no reason to say it won't, that confidence only gets stronger, Paul. That only becomes more second nature. Then that's when you have guys pinning their ears back and flying around. 100%. Uh, one thing I'll say about Frank Harris is when you hear dual threat, <laughs> Sometimes you think great athlete kind of doesn't see it just right. out there improving. That's not Frank Harris. No. Frank Harris is a disciplined dual threat quarterback and he runs purposefully. So he sits and he's happy to make his progressions and get the ball in the hands of his receivers. He, he doesn't care, but he's a fearless runner and he's a, he's a, he's a stocky dude. He's six feet tall, barely six feet tall but he's probably 210 and he's built strong and he's fearless and he'll take a hit. He doesn't care. He, he wants to move the chains and Justin nailed it. Third and six is the Texas concern. And that's where, you know, you think of containment in your rush. Our, our, our version of containment last year was bullshit, which was a bunch of guys standing around looking at the quarterback, slow dancing with the offensive lineman across from them. That's not containment. No. Containment is getting up field in your lane and getting in the quarterback's face. And then your two edges take the long way around. They don't take the shortcut <laughs> and they maintain some discipline. They don't do flybys. They don't run up the field 10 yards and try to come back. You don't do any of that. You, you get after the quarterback, but you do it with some discipline. And I'm telling you this UTS offensive line, UTSA offensive line is going to have to tap out if Texas brings it for four quarters relentlessly and also credit to baron sorrell you know you, you you've nailed how the d-line should look over the last two years i'm gonna bruise my back with with this with this little slap i've been talking baron sorrell for nine months mm -hmm. moro ojomo made a comment during his one media availability in the spring where he went candid camera on everybody but he made a good point about baron sorrell that's a man that's going and doing a man's job. He shows up like a man. He works like a man. Baron Sorrell is bringing it. And, and his. I'm a big fan of his father, who was a big fan of Inside Texas. Shout out if, if Mr. Sorrell is listening to you. We, we love the help and the feedback. But I love the fact that there's guys that can set the edge now. I like that there's guys, you know, if, with Ovi, Ovi, I think he's gotten better, but he still has some of that over-pursuit to, to, to himself, that he almost takes himself out of the play. And like you said, with this scheme, you want those edge guys taking the long way home, like Super Tramp. You want them doing that. And so that <laughs> might fit. That might fit more of what they're doing this week, like you said, against UTSA. But I, I made sure I want Baron Sorrell's name to be known. That kid's going to leave Texas a dude. For sure. Uh I think what's interesting about this defense is the amount of confidence I gained in this group after just two games. All of us. Paul, it's all of us. We're, we're all surprised. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I got to say something. Ryan Watts, I understand there was a chance to maybe win the game late in that game. 30 seconds left. He comes on that corner blitz. It's a great call. Um, he doesn't make the play. There's a reason Bryce Young won the Heisman. Okay, he's he's good. And that's not as easy a, a play as you would think when the quarterback sees you on that cornerback blitz. And other than that play, Ryan Watts was terrific against Bama. And that actually projects really well uh, against some of the strengths of UTSA, which is their receivers are pretty long and they're good up to the catch. And that means... They like to catch that ball on the move. It's whether it's an RPO or they do some of their glance route type stuff with Frank Harris. But if you've got a big corner that can disrupt the timing and you've got a pass rush, whoo, man, I'm not, I'm not saying the Texas uh, sacks is an overblown statistic. I mean, Amen. Texas got great pressure on Bryce young. Uh, they didn't get him on the ground a lot, but they got a lot of pressures, a lot of hits on the quarterback. Frank Harris is going to be sore Sunday morning, in my opinion. They got Bryce Young on the ground in the end zone. I remember that because I remember seeing his tail halfway on the ground turf and halfway on Tavondre Sweat's thigh. Yeah, that got waved off, Justin, so it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get into that because I don't want to get angry on, on Wednesdays. 
on hump day. But I will say this. I love Ryan Watts coming off the edge, coming off on that corner blitz, because at his size, it looks like an outside linebacker <laughs> rover yeah. coming in. And it to does. me, that's a whole other dimension that you're adding that offensive coordinators have to prepare for. 100%. Hey, one thing I will mention, and I never give enough attention to this, none of us do, UTSA, don't they don't have great special teams. And that is typically an area where you'll see a guy like a Jeff Trailer really press an advantage or take advantage of some things. Uh, they've had some struggles in the kicking game. They've had some struggles in their return games. They're not getting much out of that. So there's a little X factor that you don't want to give an inferior an opponent uh, a, a free touchdown, right? You don't want to give right. them a freebie. It, I'm, I'm, of course, cursing and jinxing this by saying this, but Texas looks pretty good on that front, particularly after how they performed against Bama. Uh, I, I don't want to close this just by tapping your brain on what makes Jeff Trailer special because it's one thing to say, oh, he's a good motivator. I mean, motivation is very overrated, Justin, because people misuse it. I don't go work out because I'm motivated. Most of the time, I don't feel like working out. And I sure as hell don't feel like doing burpees or running stairs or running in general. I like to run if someone's chasing me. That's about it. But I do it because I'm disciplined. And I fight through it because I know if I'll do it, there's some rewards to doing that. To me, that's Jeff Trailer, And I'm saying this as an outsider, not knowing him the way you do. I think he gets people to do hard things because he shows them the benefit on the other end and loves them up. And, and they want to impress him. And it's not because they're motivated. It's because he puts discipline in these guys to do really hard things. And then they see the reward. And he extols the virtues of that reward. And it creates this virtuous circle. He's a culture builder. And to me, that's a level above a motivator. I can motivate oh, yeah. you briefly with fear. I can motivate you briefly by dog cussing you or threatening to take your job, whatever. Over time, you're not going to respond to that. A culture builder like Jeff Trailer, that's a dude who takes over a program that's been sub 500. They started playing football in 2012. They were sub 500. They never won their conference. And in two years, he wins Conference USA. They're 20 and eight as a, as a program. And Jeff Trailer did it not falling into some amazing miracle athlete. Uh, he went through four quarterbacks before he found Frank Harris. Yeah, absolutely. What so, makes Jeff Trailer so special? Man, that's a loaded question. Um, I think it's his mantra. You know, his I've known Jeff for 20-something years, and he's the same guy I met then that he is now when he was a varsity basketball coach for 2A Big Sandy. Like, he's the same guy now that he was then. He is going to coach you hard. He tells you that from the beginning. It's not pretty. He's going to coach you hard, but he's going to love you harder. And every coach at this level has some sort of motivational tactic. Every coach at this level has some sustained motive, you know, way that they get their players up. They get them active, be it by, like you said, fear, be it by motivation. You know, there's, a, there's so many different ways, and there's a thousand books about it. But I think a lot of them, not a lot of them, but some of them come on, they're, they're hollow. There's not a lot of follow through. It's a lot of talk. It's tweets. It's a lot of stuff posted on Facebook, you know, the, a motivational quote or something like that. Jeff lives this. Jeff lives this. Every time Jeff Trailer left a job to take another job, he would cry at night for hours because he thought he was letting the kids that he had trained and developed and built relationships down. And it became so much of a burden to him that he literally would cry himself out of it because it just, he couldn't imagine giving so much and then leaving those guys. That's how invested he gets. If you've ever seen him in practice, oh buddy, it's a show. And it's not a show for us. It's the show he puts on because that's who he is. He jumps in and out of drills. He comes up with the funniest thing. Get that, get quick like a jackrabbit jump on that like a rattlesnake outside the creek at Lake Belton. You know, like he has these little, you know, colloquialisms that come out and 
You just want to play hard for him. And when you go to him with a problem, he makes it his problem. He makes a solution for it. He makes everybody feel important. The manager at Gilmer, the, the team manager, the guy that would handle the Bava Waters, you better respect him. And I'm talking about you respected those guys at the highest level like they were the superintendent because Jeff demanded that. You treat everyone like they're the same. And I think that's why you see kids play so hard. That's what those kids did at Gilmer. When he was at Texas for two years, he, went, he comes in and he's handling about three or four recruitments. When he leaves, he was handling 24, 25 recruitments. He, he, he was, was the our recruiter. He yeah. was the closer for yeah. Texas for two years. And so I think that's kind of what makes Jeff go. And, and I want to tell this real quick story. It kind of goes in with what you said about special teams. One of the first practices I ever attended at Gilmer, this was a long time ago. I'm talking 15, 20 years ago. Jeff Trailer, they're going through, they're going through special teams at the end of practice. Let's get field goal unit up, kickoff, kickoff return, punt. You know, they go through it. They go through a series of them. Field goal kicker does well. He's like, all right, I need the backup unit because he's got a backup unit at in a 3A high school for special teams because he always has a backup plan. The kicker misses. Jeff's, ah, we got to do it again. Kicker misses again. And perfect Jeff trailer fashion, you start hearing every cuss word in the book. He is MFing it all. Because if, and basically he said, paraphrasing, if you can't find me an MF backup kicker, you are not doing your job. You are worth, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Why can't you find me a backup? He made such a big deal out of the backup kicker because he wanted those guys to understand everybody matters. Every play matters. Every team matters. Every series matters. Every play is, a, is, a, is your chance to prove. He would tell kids, every play is your chance to prove to your teammates how much you love them. He'd say that a lot. And I'm just telling you, it resonates with a lot of kids. And this generation of kids, buddy, it's tough. These are different. These are different kids than, than when when I was coaching years ago, and then when he started coaching. It's a different group, and, and and at the end of the day, he's still connecting on a personal level with these guys. He always worried, could I do it? At, could he do it at the college level? And it was ridiculous because his you know his brother Kurt Trailer, who's an assistant O line coach at UTSA, and he's also a good friend. He was the coach here at Tyler Lee for years, and 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 we certainly miss him here in Tyler. Kurt would tell you the same thing. You know, everything matters. What what you do now is is proving to your teammates how much you love them. You came in late five minutes. You just told your teammates. And usually coaches use it on themselves. I've seen, I've seen Nick Saban say, oh, taking out your earrings means more to you than, than what I'm saying. Jeff never made it him. It's always, why are you slapping the backup left tackle? Because you showed up late. Because you don't, you hate these people. If you want to show love, show up on time. If you want to prove to people, play hard every play, no matter what the scoreboard says. And so, you know, in, in, in a nutshell, that's Jeff trailer. And, and it's, he's a guy that he is going to be successful wherever he goes. He's a culture builder. He's a program builder. It's not all, he's not always going to out scheme you. He would be the first person to admit he brought in new schemes at Gilmer to make his teams better. He turned over play calling duties on offense to, to, to new, to new coordinators, to Matt Turner, to those guys, because he knew, we got to get better. And if that means I got to relinquish some of my job, take it from me. If it means we're getting better, I'll give it to you. Whatever it takes to win. I've never met a more competitive person. And I love his post-game ritual after a win. A giant cooler full of ice and chocolate milk. And you go get that chocolate milk. And it's so cold. It's almost frozen. It's so cold. And that sugar, and it hits you. And you're exhausted. And you got that protein. And you know you got another W and you made coach trailer proud. And that's what those kids try to do every day. All right. Well, this is awesome. That's a great understanding of why people love Jeff trailer and the, the, the weird personality cults that form around him and all that. Here's the important thing, Justin, you've got a close relationship with trailer. Uh, we got to play some game of Thrones bullshit and I need you feeding him because he's going to be digging on you. Wells trying to figure out what we're doing, game plan, quarterback. I need you lying to him 
I need you feeding him disinformation. I need you to jeopardize your friendship. I want to know what lies you're going to tell Jeff Trailer about Texas this Saturday. Well, so that we're perfectly clear, there's no comment on any of our interactions during this week. But in theory, hypothetically, would, hypothetically, if, if you knew a guy, that, if, you knew a guy named, if you knew no. a guy named Jeff Taylor, <laughs> who was a, a Southeast Texas coaching legend from Beaumont, what would yeah. you be telling him? I would tell him, I think Quinn Ewers might start. hundred percent. He's starting. I think, I think Bijan's out. Bijan's out. I think y'all should be preparing for Jonathan Brooks. Yep. Roshan might have his ankle might be kind of well, lingering after the band. Everyone game. knows Roshan has a bad attitude. Yeah. He's not a team guy. So he's not probably, at all. He's probably the, suspended. He's a beta. He's anti-ended. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, and then I would tell him on defense, I'd say, look, um, lazy, lazy I, defensive oh, line. Overshone just had a kid. I don't even know if he's going to be there. He's not going to play. He might be on maternity leave. I know guys get that. Overshone might not even show up, you know. Uh, I tell him a lot. Of, I, would tell, I would tell him a lot of stuff just to throw him off. And Here's another. Don't let that too deep secondary coverage throw you, you know, dissuade you from testing him. Jared Thompson, <laughs> he's slow. Anthony Cook is slow. Neither of those guys can run. Ryan Watts is too big to cover. You need throw to throw at Jameer Johnson. Throw at Jameer Johnson, 70-yard fly routes every down. Oh, Jameer Johnson. But let on to Xavier Worthy. Xavier Worthy is worried about why Whittington and Ewers and Bijan are driving limbo, Lambos, and he doesn't. And he's you, you don't even worry about Worthy. I don't even know if he's coming either. He's too skinny. <sighs> malnourished. He's malnourished. The kid's Somali. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. Also, he's going to have about four, four and a half seconds to throw the ball on every down. So lots of progressions, lots of feeds. Like, you know, he can read. He can, he's going to have so much time. He could read thinking man's thinking Texas football (laughs) while going through his progressions. That's right. All 150 pages, man. That thing's dead or deader than dirt once the season starts. It's funny to look. My Amazon Amazon rankings are are good right up until kickoff. And then uh, they take a little plummet. At least you didn't take it on the chin like Bobby Burton did after his uh, game prediction. That buddy, he's been eating crow. He's been having to dip in ketchup. He's been hey, eating so much crow. But you know what? Me, we were all in that boat. I, I'm not – well, I I, was, I predicted a Texas win, but someone altered my prediction. But I know, I'm not going to go there. But, you know, normally I post the roundtables, but I'm not going to say who posted the last one if it's our fearless leader. Well, uh, someone altered my prediction. That's all I'm going to say. I said Dang. it would be a defensive struggle. Might be that new managing editor. Yeah. Well, here's the thing I'll say in defense of Bobby. All y'all lighten up. That's how dare you give him a hard time. You you need to tell the fans to lighten up. Oh my God. How dare you, Bobby? You're supposed to be. It's like, get out of here, dude. Just shut up. We don't know. know We make the weirdest predictions. I predicted A&M to beat Alabama last year. And I did it only to get an, a, a, a reaction off the board. It I worked. Thought A&M was going to do that. It was to get a reaction off the board. Bobby brought it with some integrity, and he just we we were pleasantly surprised at the outcome. But like Bobby and I were, you know, talking last night. He's been taking it on the chin pretty hard, and I said, maybe maybe you underestimated these guys. And and the truth is, we all did. Yeah. And we will really see how much when they when they get all the Alabama out of them. And they put all that focus on UTSA because this is a guy, a group that you don't want hanging around in the fourth quarter. And they're going to have some fans come up. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, a, a decent crowd. Yeah, you know, the upside of this team is going to be when Quinn Ewers comes back. All right, that's just a fact. Ultimately, but we're going to learn a lot about this team about how they fight when they've got a hand tied behind their back over the next two to four games. You're, you're going to learn some things about this team and what yeah. their ultimate, you know, they may become a better football team while Quinn because Ewers is away. I mean, in and of themselves. And then when you add Quinn Ewers, maybe they explode and Texas makes a freaking awesome 7-0 run down the stretch. That might be my prediction for the roundtable this week. Well, you I might just, just stole, steal your thunder. You just, just stole my prediction. Eyes. It's on tape. Yeah. Tape don't lie. I was going to wait a minute, Paul had Texas winning. No, he did not. 
<laughs> I love how Bobby's the only one getting grief too. Well, he's the one that made it such a bad score. I thought Texas would score some points. I just didn't. You know, actually, I was the most. I was the closest. I had him at twenty, and they had nineteen. Technically, they scored twenty-one, but I digress. Well, I said Texas would score twenty-one, which was amazing. See, uh, Paul, but I said Bama was going to score forty-one. So <laughs> I was a little off. All right, so what what do you think? Do you have a prediction for this game? I do. I do. Uh, I feel like Texas does well. I feel like either way, if Carter Wright play, I think it's going to be a a much more balanced game plan. I think you'd see kind of more of a running attack, a rushing attack to control the ball, control Temple, and then look for, for some play action, look for some Jatavian Sanders. I think Charles Wright and or Card should, should make sure they know where Sanders is at, at all times. Um and I'm with you. I, I think if Texas does what they're supposed to on defense, they, they kind of – they're a strong counter to whatever UTSA presents on offense. And we're going to see something different because, understand, they've watched each other. Jeff knows exactly what they're expecting for Frank Harris. So there's going to be some adjustments. It'll be, it'll be really good to see what Texas does from an adjustment standpoint. Um, I've got Texas winning. I think it'll be 42 to 14. I think UTSA just – if this was last year – I'll be honest, I'd probably be a little more worried about this game. I'd be very worried. Yeah, but this year, missing the guys that they're missing, coming off that, that and that's a big win too. You've got to make sure you've got the guys refocused. I don't think anybody believed they were going to beat Army. And so now you got to make sure those guys, like he says, don't, don't eat the, the, the rat poison. you got to make sure they don't buy into that. And so I still think they'll be productive, but Texas is just too strong. And if they match the intensity that they brought last Saturday, this Saturday, I think it's a solid win. I'll, I, I'll take Texas 42, UTSA 14. Love it. I'm going to go ahead and um, make my prediction now. Pause. We can have it on record. No, no, pause. Hold on. Good. Now I'm going to come in Saturday night, edit the correct score. And people are going to think I'm a savant. Awesome. I'm going to sell some Vegas picks to people Sunday night. Ooh, man. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of see it. Um, I don't know if Texas is going to pull away that much, or I don't know what, what it'll look like, but I'm thinking it's going to be kind of ugly in some spots, and, and maybe Texas pulls it 30-17, uh, something like that. Maybe we'll get credit for that safety. Maybe it'll be 32-17, get an interesting score. Hey, just explain to me why it's not a safety. You took off the penalties. That means you put the points back. Here, well, all right, before I go is, off. This is like 2016, Charlie Strong against Oklahoma State. I, and the 16 penalties. I'm not letting this thing die. Here's the thing, man, and I'm going to get pissed off. When I rewatched the game, not only was that so evident, it was shocking how many calls that were missed just left and right. Xavier Worthy got face masked on his 46-yard catch. Keelan Robinson had his head turned around. I know. And you in know front of the official. Alabama? You want to learn about Alabama's defense? They are a aggressive, scrappy bunch that will do basically anything to screw up an offense. Yeah. And I think the SEC has let them get away with a lot of that because yeah. they are Alabama. And they well, do bring that, 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 that intimidation factor. But, buddy, they had, what, 12, 13 penalties? And they could have had maybe 15 they could have 15. had six or seven more, and I hate going on penalties. I hate messing with refs. You're the same way. I, I not making any excuses. There were at least six or seven other penalties. They would. There was more pass interference, lack of technique at corner. I was shocked because Nick Saban is a DB. That's what he trains. That's what he focuses on. There was no technique from those guys. They just went up there and tried to fight, and they looked they looked sloppy doing it. Yeah, Kool Aid. He he was not flavored sugar water he was hot dog water Ugh. Uh, I, yeah i hate talking about refs it's such a loser mentality right watch the game it's undeniable and you could play woulda coulda shoulda look healthy quinn ewers call the penalties texas wins by double digits just a fact that's what happens and now they get to take that momentum and that mindset yep into tuscaloosa next year well so in theory that's a, that's a very good point and I'm looking forward to that game. That's all I'm going to say. And uh, more importantly, Texas needs to take that freaking mindset to Memorial Stadium on Friday. I mean, on Saturday against UTSA, because you'll lose a lot of goodwill by going out there and 
being the Texas that we've seen over the last decade of yeah. not being able to live with any success. Absolutely. All right, my brother, Justin, whenever I'm talking to you, I have to live with success because you're always going to nail it. You're always going to bring it. Phenomenal at what you do. The folks can find you at Inside Texas, of course, or haunting East Texas football fields everywhere. Justin Wells is ubiquitous. Uh, man, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. I hope your move goes smoothly. I know it's stressful. Paul, always a pleasure. Always love joining you, getting to do these things, getting to talk to you. Always, I'm always fired up when you shoot me that text, hey, you want to do a podcast? I always look forward to it because I always learn something from you, and I appreciate you. All right, from my brother, Justin Wells, I'm Paul Wadlington saying hook em. Interest rates are up and the market is tumultuous. And now more than ever, you need the best darn possible mortgage broker working on your behalf. That's Gabe Winslow. And you can reach him at 832-557-1095. Or you can go to mortgagesbygabe.com. What makes Gabe so unique? Well, he's incredibly bright. He's a UT grad. He's got a law degree. He's been in the mortgage industry for over 20 years, and he is a true mortgage broker. What does that mean? It means he can shop for the best deal at over 80 different lenders and find you the terms that best suit you. Most mortgage guys you talk to won't reveal that they have exactly one size fits all for you and exactly one conduit to get your loan. If you are in these hyper-competitive markets and you're in these markets that are frankly gotten a, less, a lot less friendly to the consumer, you need the best possible person working on your behalf. That's Gabe Winslow. He has our full endorsement. You can reach him at 832-557-1095.